0: Kind of soothing. So you, let, you let it run a little longer this, that time. This early in the morning. I needed a little I needed a little soothing <laughs> deep breath. <laughs> um, yeah, well, welcome to the in between. We're uh I'm as always uh uh sitting here with Chris Legg and Paul McKenzie, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about Daniel a little bit today. How'd you like that uh Father's Day sermon? That was pretty good, huh? Like we uh, are you asking me? Asking me? Well, I kind of was, but y'all weren't responding, so I guess I'm just asking everybody who's actually everybody listening, listening to me. Both of you. Wow. Okay. Well, I
1: thought, I thought it went okay.
2: <laughs>
0: Way to go, Chris. I did. When you're uh, did you
2: actually listen to the Father's Day sermon when you when you first pitched out there? The hey, we're gonna throw out lessons. Quick yep. Lessons from your dad, yeah. you know, not too long, keep him clean, all that kind of stuff. I was up in the sound booth with John, and I immediately said, Uh, yeah, the first thing that struck me from my dad's repetitive mantra was, Life's not fair, and then you
0: die. <laughs> and
2: then when you opened it up to everybody, it was your son, my son, who said, said, Life's not, not fair. That's right.
0: Well, I, I, we were in the uh, lobby by the time he actually said that, and I didn't know who it was. I was like, Why? <laughs> And then you said the thing about liking his dad and I was like, Oh, it had to be Mark. had to be Mark. That's
2: right.
0: (laughs) Well, that's terrible. Yep. I thought it was a good question. Um, and you know, making sure that we actually keep that PG and (laughs) just never know what that's actually going to be. I've
1: heard some rough ones over the years. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. My dad always said, um, um, uh, listen to your mother. That was a lot. <laughs> um, said that a lot. And then the, the love God, love people mm-hmm. thing was over and over and over again. And a just a ton of verses.
1: You think? That, I'm guessing your yeah. dad had lots of Bible he verses. Just,
0: he just was spewing verses all the time. There, there are actually verses in the Bible that I thought went together.
1: Because <laughs> he said them. Because good. he said them <laughs> next to each
0: other all the time. And he was just like saying this verse and then saying this verse, but I didn't know because he always set them together. Um, so that like, I remember the, the first time that I, um, uh, was reading through one of the scriptures, like, Oh, I know this verse. And then I got to the end of it and I was like, that's not what comes next. <laughs> I mean, What's wrong with this copy? <laughs> What's wrong with
1: this copy? That's your, that's your dad's mixtape.
0: Yeah, my dad's mixtape is...
1: It's not in the same order as the
0: original. Legendary, for sure. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the way that that goes. That's um, cool. Yeah, but we're grateful for our fathers. And um, as broken as they are, how, mm-hmm. how we can um, start to know the love of God Absolutely. and the acceptance of God and the discipline of God through them. It is so. it
1: is tough for people who don't have a healthy relationship or a healthy image of father. It there is just a some kind of burden they have to climb over. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that we don't have to, and that's a huge no one's dad is perfect here on earth, but no. Anyway, that's a that's a big advantage. It it did jump out. Um and I you know, it's one of those deals where I'm always nervous to kind of do the like Let's talk about how Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar had a father-son relationship. When the, I mean, that's not that's <laughs> not clear the passage. Right. Just to fit it on Father's Day. Right. I was struck by the what felt like an affection between Yeah. Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar in this in that section. Um that to me felt paternal. Yeah. Um, although I don't know which one is more the there's a sense in which I think probably maybe that maybe Nebuchadnezzar is the paternal in some ways, but at the same time, Daniel has the wisdom of the, so anyway, that was a, I, I never want to, you know, bend around a passage to fit Mm-mm, the service, no. or bit the Sunday, or whatever, and so, Goodness. but but what did stand out to me that I, I want to spend a, <coughs> a few minutes talking about is uh, what struck me in this, in the last week's passage that had not struck me until during the um, singing part of the worship service was um, the nature of God. Um, I don't even know, like, like securing Nebuchadnezzar's throne for him, like restoring him. Like this was part of the, this was part of the whole humbling plan, and even in the dream, told him that there's going to be a, an end date to this and a restoration and a, and so i had never, as you were singing at one point, you guys were singing, and it struck me the the prodigal son story. Mm-hmm overlays with this a little bit. And I know that's part of the whole story of Scripture over and over again. Is, over and over. You know, we we wander, and he restores, and we wander, and he restores. It's just one of the one of the things that means to be human. And the idea that Nebuchadnezzar, who's kind of the ultimate human ex- example, in some ways biblically, is like he wandered, and although God caused it, it's kind of interesting, but God caused the madness. He didn't cause the wandering. The wandering no. comes from his pride.
0: Oh, yeah, which is just huge. <laughs> yeah,
2: but the preservation of the kingdom really is an interesting concept. I mean, it would have been... Uh, the the story played out, Nebuchadnezzar went mad, so you have the most powerful person in the room who's clearly probably made lots of enemies. Yeah. Lots of people probably are not his biggest fan. Uh, he himself, you know, of earlier chapters, was fearful of that, You know, yeah. probably the assassins from within in, coming to get him. Um, but here he is, you know, lost his his capacity in the high throne. I thought he was going to say "ever loving mind." <laughs> <laughs> and and it, if the story would have played out, I mean, it would have been that would have been the all the enemies would have seized that opportunity, gone in, killed him,
0: big yeah. regime turnover, and then
2: now next kingdom
0: kicked in. Yeah, I was. Nice. Yeah, that that didn't occur to me until there's no like, this is not the there's not like a vice president waiting in the wait wings yeah. for the. Was that the 25th Amendment to be I think enacted? that's right, like, yeah. There's not, that's not what happened. Uh-uh. That's not this, this he, world. That's so. a
1: great historical question. Do you think they just hit him? Do you think a few advisors just like, he had like a little, uh, what do you call that, an area in the middle of the building that doesn't have a sky over it? Or they put him up on the roof of the hanging yeah. gardens or something like that and hit him there where he could eat his grass and— play under the dew and the rain, and <laughs> a, a, nothing else makes a lot of sense. I mean, no. he just almost has to have a, a little cabal of people who protect the rest of everyone from knowing Right, your, your king is thinks he's a cow right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, and again, probably likely that it seems like his son stepped up and took, yeah. took over in this time. And, I mean, again, for all those questions to be like, okay, well, here's the next changeover, here's yep. the next person, and... <laughs> or even the re- the relinquishing of the throne back to him from mm-hmm. his son mm-hmm. even seems mm-hmm. not as fitting but at it, least not normal not normal yeah it would not be uh the typical way that the story would have played out in the time yep
0: it's just the stories we have of Nebuchadnezzar like throwing these three guys into the fire um and stuff like that doesn't uh doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to be the Gentle, cuddly guy that would, you know, have a whole lot of people wanting to look after him, yeah, or anything, or secure his throne. It had to be God doing it, yeah. And it would
2: be interesting. I mean, super interesting. One of those things we can't obviously can't answer here, but maybe one day we'll get to ask. Like, wonder what role Daniel played in all that. Oh yeah. If Daniel's, hey guys, like, okay, no, 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 calm down. Okay, I know you are thinking this, but here is actually what's going to happen. So, you know, all these other guys who are wanting to step up and take this as an opportunity to bring it back, be like, oh, no, 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 that's not going to be good for you. Like, this is God's plan, and if you're trying to step in, something different.
0: We don't know what seven periods mean, but you don't want to be on the wrong side of that. Right. Yeah. So I wonder if, yeah, again, this
2: seemingly at at minimum respect for Nebuchadnezzar from Daniel. right plays into Daniel maybe even protecting the king well, during this
1: was, yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's uh, kind of second in charge right now. Maybe yeah. Daniel just oversaw doing that. That would make a lot of sense. I want to go back to that. Okay, so let's let's go to the what had stood out to me so surprising, This, the theme of God restoring, the theme of God protecting. It's been on my mind. I've heard people use so many different stories out of the Bible to try to defend the idea that, especially the Jewish people gets thrown in there, of that they didn't get to enter the promised land or whatever, that that's a sign of the fact that God, that because of your sin, because of your disobedience, because of your pride, because of your whatever, that God will forsake you. Mm. That you're His, you know, you've been saved, so to speak, you've been born again, you have a right it's relationship with Him, whatever. Maybe
0: experience the...
1: Yeah, the Hebrew 6, the fullness. Fullness of... yeah. Tasted the power of the Spirit, all these
0: grace and all of that, and
1: and yet then, because of your pride, your rebellion, your whatever, he then forsakes you,
0: gets frustrated with you.
1: Yeah, not just frustrated. You no longer have a, a just saving relationship with him. You're no longer justified before him. How do you guys, when you wrestle with that, or when you hear that, that idea, where do you go? Where do you? What do you teach from? What do you? What do you touch on? How do you comfort people in this idea that 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 just doesn't that actually doesn't fit the scriptural picture, and it doesn't fit the God we're introduced to?
2: Yeah, one of the things that I know always comes to my mind is the the concept of again all the powers, all the factors that um, Paul in Romans eight lists as incapable to come yeah. against the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, nothing can separate. Yeah, and in 838 it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any else anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that idea of like, so can do I in my own pride put myself higher then all of those things. Do I say, okay, well, death nor life can't do it, angels nor rulers can't do it, present things or powers, but I can do it. I
0: right. can
2: mess up. I can do something and then separate myself from the love of Christ Jesus. And it doesn't seem seem to fit. And and really, and the the crux of how this verse hinges um, in the end of this chapter is really it's because of the the security that Christ's death has secured for us. And so this notion of, of again, the idea of like, okay, well, well, if Christ died and then I somehow thwarted, you know, his ability, his saving grace that he offered to me in a place of faith by something I did. Mm. um, And then again, that rolls back into that Hebrew thing. So does he need to be crucified again? Right. Like, no, it is, it is, his is sufficient and does accomplish it. And so I think, I, I think I tend to lean Towards that notion of how high of a view of man do you put that man could have a power to undo what God has secured what God in has him.
1: Done. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you think about the language of things like adoption and purchasing and stuff like that to go, God adopted us, but now he's unadopting us because we're that you know, he just didn't look ahead. He just didn't that's realize
2: what right. he was getting into. That's right. He was, I, I was saving was, this
0: so. much of a wretch,
2: not that much of a wretch. <laughs> right, exactly.
1: So
0: you can, I, I you can disown a, again. a son that's born to you, but you can't disown an adopted son.
1: I've heard that. I've never, I've not found that, but I've heard that it's all my life a, too, and that in the Hebrew world, that was the case, that, or the Roman world.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, honestly, I, I believed it so much that when they said something like that to me in the court, whenever I was adopting... My kids, like, you know, you don't want to adopt this child, and then uh, I was telling Paul this the other day. You don't want to adopt this child, and then, like, later on, whenever they're acting out or being frustrating, like, you don't want to disown them. And I was like, that's not an option, <laughs> right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a little frustrated. Like, I <laughs> no, like, I don't. What are What are you talking about?
1: Right. That's not how this works.
0: No, and it. Uh. Yeah, it, it's it's always interesting to me um, because, um, like you've said, the the idea that um, Hebrews six is uh, telling us that we can lose our salvation and we need to be careful not to, um, actually says there at the end of that argument that you know what what is left for. Um, you to regain your salvation, you'd have to crucify Jesus again. Right, and let me tell you what He's not doing when He comes back is getting up on another cross. Right. Um.
1: Yeah, I think that's when you look at that passage, the uh, the the Greek Mark and I were looking at it the other day. The Greek is is the whatever the ongoing version. The you would know probably, but the that would mean. He is being crucified mm-hmm. again, yeah. <laughs> and but but the the connection probably is to the idea of restored. In order to restore, in order for you to be restored, he would be crucif be being crucified again, and it's it's a that that someone would say, well, then you know when you're once you're restored, then he's no longer being crucified. That's kind of what this pastor had said, but I don't think that fits well within the passage. It fits much better the idea that like so long as you would continually have to be restored or would be being restored, you would have to continually crucify him. And that's, 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 not,
0: where not, that's not where right he stands right now. That's right. That's, he's not being crucified right now.
1: And it's, it's not that that's done. It has nothing to do with like willingness or he's like, I'm not going to do that again for you. It's that, no, no, I, I did that for you. My, my, the whole idea of what makes him a better sacrifice than mm-hmm. the lambs is, is
2: that, that he, he doesn't once, have to, it's
1: once for all. He doesn't have to keep doing it again and again and again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's why, like Hebrews ten, then it's almost the the call for the abolishment of of stopping all temple sacrifices because it's like he's he's done this. We don't right. need to repeat it. Yeah,
0: you're a Christian. You don't need that. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. So, okay, so I think about obviously the parenting ones are huge for me. the 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 overarching picture of God' relationships to His children being about us being children. You quoted from Romans eight, which has one of the key passages there as well. Um, First John is my favorite because that's the one where John says, and and so we are. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's it's the kind of, and and don't fight with me about, don't argue with yeah, me about and so this. so we are. Um, but we see it every, I mean, it's in Galatians, it's in Philippians. It's it's just, it's all through this picture uh, that we are his people, but not just his people. At the individual level, we are adopted by him. Mm-hmm. And it's just the thought of that God would be such a poor dad. Mm-hmm. We would call that an incredibly poor example of a dad who's like, "Now you're no longer my child," mm-hmm. and that's what I, what stood out to me about. I mean, the Hebrew people, for example, that you go, "Well, they, gosh, he didn't let them enter the promised land." I'm like, "Well, if you're talking about them as a people, one, yes, he did. Yeah, he did as a people, and and they were still his people. Like, right. yes, they were punished, they were disciplined, all these things, but that's kind of the." purpose of so many of the prophecies and so many of the histories of the Israeli people, the Jewish people, is that they were still his people, even when they rebelled, even when they wandered, even when they were crushed, when they had to be crushed. The, he He didn't forget that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would forget that. Yeah. And yet, when they, like Nebuchadnezzar, just like the when Nebuchadnezzar pulled his head up out of the grass...
2: And looked uh, up towards the heavens. Yep.
1: Yeah. Just like when the prodigal son... Mm-hmm you know, looked up from the pigs, like, the, it, he, when he got back, the prodigal son, the prodigal son did not, no longer was confident in him himself as his son. Right. But the father, the father still, held, the still held that 100%. He was still his son. And I just, of course, we're going to wander and <laughs> doubt and do stupid things and... I mean that's we're compared to sheep when it comes to wandering. That is not a compliment.
0: No. But the just,
1: shepherd still goes shepherd after still that goes sheep. After it's just it's still his sheep. Yeah. Anyway. And
0: it it the other part of this is I think it um when when we when we start doing that we get into a really dangerous place where we start we start to um Really only, though, taking into account any sins that, that we can be aware of. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, like, you you get into this, like, weird, like, oh, well, I didn't actually mean to do that or this oh. or whatever. And it's like, you have no idea. Like, God is revealing his holiness to us, his perfection, his all of these things that he's better um, right. every day to us. And we constantly fall short of that. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea that every time, um, every time that I would do something stupid or do something that like, oh, I didn't like I didn't even mean to sin like that. Like that wasn't my right. intention, like I, but I did like it's that we, we would just be like we we are constantly falling down. Right, we're con- like you said. We're constantly wondering falling and we- short, falling short, right? Um, and we're constantly wondering. And we're like we. I was actually thinking about it the other day because um, I was trying to, and in a prayer that I was uh, praying to God, I was I was trying to say that I wanted to be um, focused on Him, that I wanted to not be distracted anymore um, by these certain things or or anything like that. But I wanted to. I wanted to. Um, really focus my attention on him and the words actually came out of my mouth that I wanted to be stiff necked towards him. <laughs> and like I I remember thinking like as I said it I was like oh, I don't want to be stiff necked. Like I remember <laughs> yes, I, that like, didn't work out I that before. I immediately yeah I immediately did a word search. I was like is there anywhere that God calls his people stiff necked and it's not a judgment And right. like, that I'm trying to find that I was like no there is not. Like right. that that constantly has to do with his people's pride. With, and with this was their, a prayer about not getting distracted
1: yes by the way,
0: right? and this was a <laughs> prayer about not getting distracted and like all of like it and so in inside of that I was like oh like I guess I guess even inside of this prayer that I'm like I'm trying to submit things to God I am realizing that like even even my own prayers for uh holiness my own prayers for trying to follow him um are you know are incomplete in their understanding of, of even what it takes then to do that. Um, and even if I hadn't said stiff necked, that, that idea that I'm, I, the, that I'm praying to be undistracted. Um, but what God values, um, more in his people is, is the turning, Hmm. um, is the repentance is the, um, like he knows that we're going to be distracted. What he doesn't want is for us to be stiff necked because then we get distracted and we won't let go of it. Right, right. We need to be able to turn and follow. We need to be able to be guided by him. Right. And, and if, you're, if you've ever worked with an animal. Yeah. Or um, child. Or a child. Or child um, the animal seems to <laughs> fit better because I've gotten so frustrated with an animal that I've tried to uh, turn them yeah. physically and they, they don't. Yeah. Like they, they they f pull against that and that happens with children, but it's always more will based. So the <laughs> the like visceral, the touching of the mm-hmm. um animal seems to uh fit better here where it's like no, like you you really do need to have y'all either of y'all ever had any interaction with the donkey? Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. I mean it's like <laughs> How it's do impressive. I, how do how do I uh, use um, what's the reverse psychology with a donkey? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no, I don't want you to come this way. No, don't don't come this way.
1: <laughs> don't. If they could understand it, it would work, dad. Yeah, I Dad, come. Sure.
0: Um, but it's that same thing. Like we we just. Yep. He wants us to to be able to turn from these things, and um, yeah, it's again going. Cycling back to Romans now now in chapter eleven,
2: talking about this concept of of God and our his relationship to our disobedience and the motivation of his with our disobedience is mercy. And this is again in regards to the gospel, right. um, in twenty nine says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. You can't you can't mm-hmm. get those back. And yep. so and, and he continues, for just as you were at one time disobedience to God, but now you've received mercy. Because of their disobedience, so they too have been disobedient in order that they may, by mercy, be shown to you, that you may always receive mercy. For God has consigned all disobedience, that He may have mercy on all. I mean, wow. again, this this notion of this is apparently clearly His, yeah, right, is to do. And so the fact that in your disobedience was the was the very notion you fit into all humanity and all of humans' disobedience. Right. And so then God extended mercy, mercy. to you. Yes. And so you you accepted that, uh, whatever the role of how you believe you, you know, right. to, to you accepting him predestining, all of that. Right. But e- either way, no matter where you fall in that argument, if it has been acceptance, the fact that then somehow you think you play a powerful enough role right. to stand in the way to say, no, now my new disobedience undoes somehow is more powerful some, wow. somehow more powerful than that no that's where it's his his gifts are truly irrevocable and you can't revoke them either
1: when I when I teach on this um, in some classes I teach sometimes the I often say I don't know which is worse in this doctrine their the doctrine's understanding of grace and salvation or their doctrine of sin yeah mm. because I think I think both are like Flawed. its like is it a bucket? And there's a, a counterweight, and if you fill the bucket up with just enough sin, then you lose your salvation? Is it certain sins are now big enough and bad enough? Uh, mm-hmm. It's like they don't understand the the nature of reality that even even when we are doing our best to serve God, we're still like a four-year-old cleaning their room. Yes. Yeah. Like, he's still tolerating us falling short of his character. Every... Every time I preach, I fall short of his glory. Right. And every time I pray, I fall short of his glory. I mean, very few things are more proof of my sinful status than when I pray. Right. Cuz I'm I, again, I'm so distractible. I can't I don't focus well. I don't like the the level of that is just so clear. Was that I mean, is, is God going with my motivations? And He's like, "Well, you're, He's trying to pray, so I'm not going to cost Him His salvation for that one, or this one doesn't add towards His <laughs> right. lose Your salvation right. sins." Like, I just feel like the 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 thought that if I could lose my salvation from sin, then then it would there would never it wouldn't ever exist because yeah. I'm falling short of His character and His glory all the time, even yeah. in my best moment.
2: And almost more than that, God Himself wouldn't <clears throat> exist in the relationship as we know Him. I mean, this is what we studied Mm. when we were back in in john what hinges on this is the relationship of the father and the son Mm -hmm. Um, because again you you compared it to you were bringing up the sheep and Mm -hmm. in chapter 10 of the book of john he taught he talks about my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me then he says i give them eternal life and they will never perish and who will snatch them out of my hand no one no one no one will snatch them out of my hand. <laughs> and why? Why is no one able to do this? Because my Father, who has given to him, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. If yeah. somebody, essentially, the argument is what Jesus is saying. If somebody is able to snatch them out of my hand, then the Father and I aren't one. We're wow, that's a good point. Yeah, wow. And so, I mean, this, this is a security that is, you know, the all-in moment. You know, where it's like Jesus saying, I'm all in on this, and everything is at risk here, his relationship with his father, if this wasn't the case. Because no one will be able to snatch from my hand, and that includes you and your sin. Uh, Yeah. You are a part of
0: no one being able to do it. Much faster than I am. I was looking for that verse for a while now. (laughs) I know it's in, like, I know that it's in John, and I was like, I can't find it. He says it again when he's
1: praying in John 17 when he says about, I have lost none that you have given me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, now, in that case, he's talking specifically probably about the 12, because he then says, except, except the, son. the son of perdition. Right, and and that was not given to him in the same sense, and so there's, there's a little bit of a different context there. But yeah, that John 10 passage I, I take to be one of the kind of final... It, it's a tough one. I'm just guessing, I kind of joked with you guys Sunday morning when I knew I was going to be listening to a sermon defending the loss of salvation... Um, defending apostasy that I was like, I'll be interested to see how long he can go before he goes to Hebrews because you you can't his, his first verse was in the Gospels and I was like, you can't stay in the Gospels long and try to defend that. You got to run to Hebrews pretty quickly. And the problem is, of course, I think Hebrews is maybe outside of that some of the John passages, the best defense against the loss of salvation. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually the the book that convinced me because I was raised with that idea. Hebrews was the book that convinced me that our my, that salvation it's was secure. secure because of the Savior, yeah. and and the yeah. whole book of Hebrews is about that. He's better this. He's better that. He's better this. He's better that. And then to go, I mean, he he kind of botched this one, right? And and that's the part of it that people don't understand. They're like they're like, well, I I botched this one. Are you saying you don't botch this? One? I'm like, no. <laughs> like,
0: All yeah, it's the my time. It's, it's
1: my existence. I feel like, but. Fortunately, I'm not the one that my salvation depends on, right? Um, and so, anyway, it's and and now to come back to the Nebuchadnezzar passage. So we can probably take a second with that. So um, it is wild to me that even in this example, that's what struck me about it is that here you have the extreme example of a pagan king, who who consistently his idea of kind of stumbling and falling, you know, his Baptist backsliding, so to speak, is to think he's God, and and very few of us. All that far, like which God is <laughs> well, going to? No, I, I mean, mean, we do. We, we do, don't do say yeah, it. No, we don't say it out <laughs> yeah. loud. No,
2: we're, we're just not. We're not rich enough, powerful <laughs> yeah, enough. You don't we don't have, to have all that to <laughs> back it up. Yeah, we we're we're three,
1: do it, but we keep. We're all three quiet. married as well, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so that wouldn't shoot. get. That would. That wouldn't go as far. So to just one person. Yeah, to just one person. That's right. So here we have Nebuchadnezzar say, going to say, "Yep, I'm. Look at this amazing thing I've done," and then, you know, he's going to face this, but and we're going to teach about this this Sunday, but again, the idea that God restores him. Why would God bother to restore this man? It's just mind boggling to me that even this man, God's willing to try to, God is willing to restore him. It's just an amazing picture of God's grace. That is some, that is some grace there. He's
0: yeah. And I guess we'll end on this. Like the, um, the idea that, uh, sorry. Um, like all of this that we've talked about, all of this being secure um, in, in 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 our in our Father, the one who has adopted us, the one who has called us, and all of that. Like if you if you are are hearing anything else, if if somehow this has been twisted in your mind to be a license for sin, I mean, you know, like Paul was uh, saying in Romans, you know, no, not not trying to make sin increase here. This is Understand this as for the glory of God, that he has done this, that he is powerful, that he is who he says he is, that he has done what he said he would do, um, and he will do what he says he will do, mm-hmm. um, and and all of that to, to bring glory to his name um, forever and ever. Amen.